Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to my man, Minaj. He's joined my Patreon. He's helping support the show and I'm helping him level up his life. Do you want me to give you a shout out at the beginning of my show? Join my Patreon today. Patreon.com slash ComeOnManPod. Link is in the description. And here's the show. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. That helps more than you know. And uh, also leave a comment. I ask you guys this every week, but leave a comment that helps boost us in the algorithm on YouTube. Also, go in the description. I don't, I don't say this enough, but go in the description and check out the links from some of the sponsors down there. We have you know Ghostbed. We have Duke Cannon, obviously. <laughs> They're a big sponsor every week. I love their cologne. Um, you can sign up for uh, Zeus. It's a dating app. Um, I've partnered with Evan from Performance Potential, and uh, he's got a dating app course that's available, and you get 30% off with my promo code. The link and the promo code are in the description, so check that out. All right. This week is a very special week, guys. It's the 100th episode of Come On Man. Uh, honestly, I'm going to give you guys a little insider baseball. This is actually the 101 episode. There's one episode I never published. Uh, so if you guys go back in the archives, I dated a gal named, uh, I called her Marine Corps chick, and I, I dated her for about three months. And so when we broke up, um, I did a solo podcast. I recorded a solo podcast talking about uh, why we broke up, um, you know, what I learned from that relationship and stuff like that. And I decided not to post it because I didn't think she would want that, our dirty laundry to be aired, you know, for everyone to hear. So, you know, being a 3% man, I decided, you know what, let's not kiss and tell about that. And I never, never uh, published that episode. So that one is unofficial. And that makes this episode the official 100th episode. And uh, the very first guest I ever had on was my boy, Luke, my boy, Luke from Bristol. And so I had Luke come back on, you know, and, and you guys who are longtime listeners, you guys know Luke, he, he's on like every couple of months, but he was my very first guest. Um, before Luke, we did a, a group podcast episode with like all the, all the guys from the 3% man group. And, uh, to this day, that one's the lowest rated episode of all time, which, uh, I talked to Luke about, but, uh, yeah, Luke was my first real guest. And, uh, I used the questions I asked him as a template, uh, when I interviewed all the other guys from the 3% man group in the early episodes. So we, Bring Luke back on. We talk about what he's up to nowadays, uh, how many times he's read the book since that first episode, and uh, just you know everything that's happened in the last two years because <laughs> the show's been around for two years now. Crazy, right? All right, I will bring you that conversation, guys, right after this. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey you, I'm gonna make this real quick. I know you hate ads. If you like this show, if you love this podcast, if you think more men should tune in, then you should consider joining my Patreon. You will be supporting the show and I get to help more men level up their lives. There's now five tiers available starting as low as $5 a month. It's like buying me a beer and each tier gives you better bonuses. Visit patreon.com slash come on man pod to sign up. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. 
One last time, that's patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. Help me help more men level up and be better with women. All right, joining me for the 100th episode of Come On Man is a man that has been with me from the beginning, my brother from Bristol, Luke. What's going on, brother? Hey, Paul. I'm uh, really honored to be here for the 100th episode um, of I'm the Luke and Paul life. show. The Luke and Paul show. That's it, man. It's always good to see you. I think it's we're definitely due a catch up. Um, Life is busy, but it's busy for all the right reasons. Yeah, definitely. So when we started this journey, it obviously came out of the 3% Man Facebook group, which is the best damn men's group out there. And it's free. You just have to have read the how to be a 3% man by Corey Wade enough times to be able to answer the questions. Uh, you were actually my first one-on-one guest. We had a 3% group call before the, your first episode, uh, which is still one of my lowest rated ep- uh, episodes ever. Not your episode, but the, the group call episode. Lowest yeah. rated episode of all time. Uh, but you were the very first real guest, man. Mm. Yes. That was a real privilege to me. It was. And I had a feeling it was going to go somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure at that time, but uh, it's definitely going places now. So oh. you, you've you since been back on every few weeks to break down various topics. Um, which one of our episodes was the most fun for you to do? Ooh, um, I love doing the Law of Attraction episode with Andrew, mm-hmm. but I quite liked talking about the breakdown of the day where I went out to find that one in 10, where I was like, statistically one in 10 girls like you, let me go out and find out if that's true. The day that I found the two out of the one in 10, where I talked about the game, even though I was, you know, quite a novice. Was that the uh, day, the day game episode? Yeah. I that might've been the one. second time you were on, I think maybe. Yeah. And, um, the frame at the frame episode that was just magic that must have had good reviews i'm sure it did it did in fact uh it's still pinned as you know one of like the 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 pinned posts in the 3% man group because so many guys in the 3% man group have a hard time understanding the concept of frame and a lot of their relationship and dating problems come comes down to them not having the right frame so yeah i i pinned that i pinned it in the top tab i was just like just fucking look at that before you say anything and and i've noticed a lot of those kind of questions have stopped happening now yeah yeah i think it it, and i i've gotten a lot of feedback from that specific episode uh that it's helped a lot of people i've had people not even a part of the three percent man group comment on other TikTok videos that I put out saying, Hey, that episode on frame was really good. Uh, you know, I've shared it with my friends and stuff like that. So yeah, that one is really good. You want to want to know what my favorite episode with you was though? Let's go. Let's go. There's been so many good ones. It was, it was our episode we did on how to create the ultimate online dating profile with you and Morgan May and I. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was good. I actually completely butchered the formula on that and completely told it wrong, but it was fun. It was a great episode. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you shared your, your dating profile, the one you had at the time you were in the process of revamping them because you had just gotten some uh, professional photos done. You had uh, some kind of online dating profile coaching done. So you're changing your profile like wor- verbiage a little bit yeah and then uh so you were sharing you shared with us like sort of some of the things you had some of the stuff like morgan said that she was looking for though sort of went against what we've learned in some of these other books right like atomic attraction and stuff. i she's a nice girl she's a nice girl <laughs> but morgan no <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. like you but no, I disagree. She did, like, she did like your ab shot photo, though. She, she did. Actually, that gives her a point or two. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about uh, 
3% man. So when you came on, um, this was at a time where I, I think the questions I wrote up for you, I, I saved as a template for when I had other guests from the group on. And I've essentially asked those same questions to pretty much all the guys from the group that had come on uh, after you. Uh, one of the questions I would ask them though was how many times have you read 3% man? Right. And I think at that time you hadn't even fully finished reading that, um, but how many, so, so two years later, how many times have you read it now? 10 times. Okay. And I'm, you know, I will, I will continue, Mm -hmm. but like I, I've got, I've got this shit down. It's like I, I I will usually take about three months in between now where I will be reading all the other books. And I've, I'm, I think I've done four reads on Atomic Attraction as well, which is, you know, perfectly in sync and how to win friends and influence people, where the superior, all those books that are tied in with what Corey does. And I'm, you know, doing the rational mail again. So it's like I will get back to it. But I feel that that 10 marker is I, I feel I've, I feel I've got this shit down. I yeah. know that's arrogant. I know it's egotistical, but the stats don't. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I feel like, um, I mean, the goal is 10 to 15 times, right? Yeah. So you've basically earned your Corey Wayne diploma. Uh, <laughs> did he, has he sent it to you in the mail yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, no, he hasn't read my message. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. That's weird. No, he never even does that, does he? No. <laughs> So, um, so let me ask you this, uh, let me, well, actually, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So 10 to 15 times is good, but I feel like guys that even have read it that many, many times, if they don't continue to at least go over it once a year after the fact, uh, they'll fall back into old habits. They just will. It's just too hard to get rid of all that old, old programming. So um, there's been, go ahead. So, yeah, um, I, I mean, I've been operating in Benny's WhatsApp group and mm-hmm. we have met some, we have come up against some shocking stuff. And there's, there's guys in there who've read it 15 times five years ago and they don't remember anything. They are like right back in their old conditioning. So mm-hmm. I, at the moment, I'm doing it every sort of three months, but I, I, I do think at least once a year, yes, at least maybe six months even. Yeah, because... I, I met up with uh, one of our 3% brothers uh, who lives actually close to me. I just found that out. He's been in the group for as long as we have. Just found out this year that he lives uh, 45 minutes from me. So we've met, a, met up a couple of times and, and he's read the book a number of times. And But one of the things that he says he has a problem with is having it in the forefront of his mind all the time. And that's one of the reasons why I like this podcast because I have to keep this stuff at the forefront to keep the material fresh and stuff like that. You're in the the, the WhatsApp group, so yeah. you have to have that material fresh in your mind all the time when you're dealing with other guys in, in that group. It's just good to always have it in the forefront. Um, and if you've read it, if you read it 10 to 15 times and you put it down and you never pick it up again, you won't have that in the forefront of your mind when you need it the most. No, no, you have to, you have to keep going over it and, and watching your TikToks and Benny's TikToks. Um, it reminds me, you know, cause you're constantly going over it again and, and then, you know, picking it up again and again and again. And, um, I don't know if I said this to you, but in life, we have this thing where we say that person's educated, that person's uneducated. And in our fucking groups, it's fucking obvious who's educated and who's not. Yeah. It really is. And educated doesn't mean you went and got a degree. Educated means you fucking read the books enough, the right books, the right amount of time to know what the fuck's going on. Cause I can tell instantly whether someone has read it less than, you know, less than three times or more than three times. I can tell if they've hit it the five bracket because they kind of grasped it, but they haven't fully grasped it. I can tell if they've got, if they're on the seven plus bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Speak, and speaking of books, uh, and you've mentioned uh, some books now. And on on the podcast for two years now, I've I've preached my holy trinity of dating books. Uh, now Benny, Benny's like three. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily books, 
but three people that he follows are uh, Corey Wayne, David Data, and uh, what what is it? Uh, Real Social Dynamics, right? Yeah. And like those are the three like people that uh, has formatted his viewpoint on dating and relationships and sexual dynamics and stuff, right? Um, do you have your own Holy Trinity? That's, yeah. That's different from any of those or similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's close. It's, it's very close. My Holy Trinity would be, it's not even quite a Trinity really. My absolute must is the rational male once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 3% man. We're the superior man every single day, every day, every day. Every single day I'm reading it, whether it's the teaching sessions or the main book. Do you just read like a paragraph or what? Cause that's, I listen to it. I listen oh. to it in the car. I've got the CDs in the car and I've got the audio book as well. Okay. Every day. Okay. Um, and then atomic attraction. Okay. Yeah. Those are solid. Those are all solid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, do you, so do you still look at Corey Wayne the same way you did back then? No, I don't believe that he is who he claims to be. No, not at all. No, his vibe is off. His vibe is not that of a man who can really deeply openly connect with people. You know, when you see Benny come on the screen, you're like, oh yeah, I want to hug that guy. No homo. But like when you see Corey. <laughs> Maybe a little homo. No, <laughs> slightly. It's the Jason Momoa look. Yeah. Um, but with Corey, nah, man, the vibe is my vibe with that guy is I want to run. I want to get out of here. I don't yeah. want to be near the guy. He was like, he's going to stab me or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's something, there is something off with Corey. Uh, and it's not just like the sour grapes with the whole debacle where, uh, you know, I try to get him on the podcast. The guys from the 3% man group reached out to him on his, uh, in the comments of his videos. And then he went through and systematically deleted all those comments. Uh, but also if you just pay attention, right. He's got this promo on his channel where he's promoting his books about how to be an alpha male, but the way he's standing, talking, his body language does not come across as someone masculine, like someone that's like, you know, that you, you feel is a trustworthy subject matter expert on that. And his book is really good though. I don't want to, you know, shit all over him too much. Like his, how to be a 3% man book is solid. It's definitely worth, worth the read, but the man himself, I don't know. And, and Rolo, uh, who's been on the podcast as well, Rolo Tomasi authored the rational male. Uh, he, he, you know, commented on one of my posts uh about him one time even saying like dude Corey's all brand always has been it's all he's always about the brand he's a good salesman you know and rollo rollo is a good example as well as of the guy who his vibe is very pure it's very calm some of the guys he hangs out with i might not invite to dinner i'm not gonna lie but rollo rollo i love rollo yeah well rollo i mean rollo is a He's a down to earth dude. He he's written uh what's he on now? His fifth book that just came out. And yeah, that came out quick. And even though you know he was he was gracious gracious enough to come on my podcast and stuff like that, if I DM him on Twitter, he'll reply to me. He'll I I was reading uh his religion book and I had questions about it. I was like, hey, in this chapter, you mentioned blah blah blah. Uh, can you explain that better? And he <laughs> he he i swear to god for an hour sent me dms just explaining everything just breaking it down for me he didn't have to do that but Rollo's is a good guy you know Rollo is a good guy and i i i've heard of guys in our group i think you might have known a few of them who've actually written to him and wasted his time and asked for his advice and then not like the advice that he gave because yeah. Rollo's advice is you know spin those plates and a lot of guys are not comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. But when you do, you know, you're yeah. right, Roland. <laughs> right. You're right. I, I just put out a, a video about that uh, yesterday, you know, or well, maybe it was Sunday. 
And it was that uh, there's a, there's this idea that when you're red pilled, that you can't have relationships, like you can't have monogamous relationships uh, because it somehow goes against the red pill because, you know, Rolla talks about oneitis and uh, spinning plates, but that's not the case. I mean, if you look at some of the, these prominent names in the red pill space, Rolo's married. Uh, I think Aaron Clary has a, a girlfriend, which is, you know, super shocking to most people. Uh, Ryan Stone has a common law wife of 11 years. Um, Paul Benjamin has a, uh, an LTR. Rich Cooper has an LTR. You know, yeah. like these guys have spun the plates to find the right plate. And that's perfectly okay. It doesn't, it doesn't make them purple pilled or blue pilled or whatever to have one girl and you can have one girl and not have one itis. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely right. But you're, you're doing it from your terms. You're doing it from your frame. You're doing it from your, from a, an awareness of reality. Yeah. And, um, and then the, opposed- and then the spinning the plates thing, that just happens to be the most efficient way to date. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Cause I, before, uh, before you got into the stuff, were you a plate spinner or, or were you sniper mentality dater? Oh no, no, no. I was, it was, you know, it was one at a time and, you know, within a week we were spending all our time together and I was starting to express feelings after a month, you know, I was that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I would, I remember hearing back in my unplugged days hearing when I heard that people in London, you know, typically date four to five people. I was like, what the fuck? That's so messed up. I am never. And now here I am doing exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think there's no way I could handle more than one woman at a time. Like I could barely handle one woman. That was my mentality. And then I, when I started doing it, I realized, geez, this is, this is so much easier because if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with this chick, well, that's okay. I'm talking to these two other chicks. Like it, and then it doesn't matter anymore. And you, and then you experience that abundance and it becomes a fun process as opposed to a chore. You know, yeah. That everyone hates. You can just walk around saying things in public now without giving any fucks, just saying anything. I could just be like, I just murdered a baboon. Isn't that cool? <laughs> but you see, like the vibe is just like, I can say anything now and it gets well received. Yeah. Would I say that when I'm not in abundance? Not really. Not no, in the same way. You're probably afraid of what people think of you. Exactly. Whereas now, you know, I can literally go, you know, I was a, I was a whale in my last life. And then I went to Wales and then I became a badger. And I can say anything I want now. And it's just like totally well received. It's, it's, it's almost like I can break all the rules on almost all the rules on a date now and totally pull it out the bag. It's, it's weird, but this is the part where the ego comes in and, and sort of claims that game's not real. So I can't do that. I have to stay true to the principles, but being in being a big space, um, plate spinning is, oh, it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with, with that. Um, so, so going back to your books, it's not really a, a holy trinity. It's a holy quartet. 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 <laughs> so, okay. The four books. Uh, yeah. So how, <laughs> how do they, and I've read, I've read all those books, but um, for the audience, how do they differ from 3% man? Ooh. Okay. So, yeah. So that's a good point. Um, man is kind of a bit of everything. It kind of covers a bit of everything, but doesn't go into perfect. It doesn't go into absolute detail on everything. It covers, it's, it's a game plan with the, it's, it's the principles, the foundations. It's kind of quite rushed. So bits of it like style and fashion aren't really covered in there. Yeah. Um, Well, it's just in defense of that. uh, I had uh, 3% brother uh, Lloyd on, and, you know, Lloyd is a uh, Corey Wayne purist. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that the Corey Wayne purists will say is that, well, yeah, his book doesn't go into depth on a lot of stuff, but he makes reference to his videos, you know, and that's where you get some more in-depth stuff. Uh, we've talked about that in the past where we're, we say that, well, Corey Wayne's more circular he's a circular, he's circular in marketing, right? He's like, 
hey, go check out my YouTube series. So he makes money from the advertising on there. And then on those, he says, buy my book. So the book says to watch his videos. The video says, buy the book. It's like, yeah. so I, I'd much rather like you or like you do go into depth. So when he talks about stuff like David data stuff in the book, go read David data's book. Then that's you get it. the, then you get the in-depth shit. That's it. So, so that's exactly, you've just answered that question. So yeah. So the, the Corey Wayne purists, eh, it's, it's, it's a bit one-sided for me. It's mm-hmm. not the way I, I was there. I used to be that guy, but that alone wasn't enough for me. Some people have made it work just reading that book, but I think they're kind of further ahead down the process. For me, I needed all the other stuff to fill in all the blanks. Um, So, so it's like, yeah. So Corey talks about, you know, masculine energy and you know what it is and da, 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 breaking boundaries and stuff. But David Dieta really goes into it on a fucking spiritual level. Doesn't he? He does. Yeah. His book is fabulous. Yeah. And, and also the other thing about that is that David Dieta constantly tells you to, to focus on your deepest purpose and to do everything from your deepest purpose, right? Whether you're having sex, whether you're going to the cinema, whether you are talking to your friends, whether you're doing your job, like everything's coming from your deepest truth and your deepest purpose. And everything is, you know, coming from the mission first policy. So without reading The Way of the Superior Man, all the stuff Corey talked about, about mission and drive just went straight over my head. Mm, that's mm-hmm. why I read, that's why I read the way of the superior man every day without fail. Mm. Now the rational male, the problem with 3% man is again, the Corey Wayne purists. Now I know Lloyd isn't one of these guys, but you actually get some very blue pill guys in his community. Mm-hmm. Like, cause with all this dream girl stuff, yeah. like Corey mentions don't get hung up on one woman. He mentions, you know, not to be needy and all that, but because it's not a red pill book, there's a lot of guys in there who don't know what frame is and who are, you know, looking for their love of their life and who, who don't, who are not red pilled. So I think before you go anywhere near any of this stuff, you've got to start with the rational male. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Another thing too, um, Dr. Glover talks about this in his books. I can't remember if Corey talks about it in his books as well, but uh, I, I don't think he does. Uh, but someone comment below if if I'm if I'm mistaken and correct me. But uh, Corey does talk about your dream girl, right? Finding your dream girl and you know your list and stuff like that, which is fine. Like that stuff works to find a good match for you, but. Dr. Glover and Rolo both talk about there's no such thing as the one. And, and like, there's many potential matches for you out there. So this, a lot of the times when guys are trying to sell you on a dream girl, it's, it's, that's what exactly what it is. It's a sales tactic to, you know, and, uh, hmm. and it's unrealistic. And so one of, one of the things that I realized is that, uh, when I, when I finally came to the realization that there's no such thing as the one was that, you know, like I'm dating nurse chick right now. Right. And she treats me, she treats me like an absolute God and I have fun with her and you know, the, the sex is amazing. And so I'm like, you know what? Just have fun with it. Like hang out, have fun, hook up. Like Corey says, and just have fun with it. Like stop being so fucking focused on like the one or the dream girl. And, you know, and once I stopped doing that, I just allowed myself to just be happy and I'm happy now, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And Corey's, Corey's book is really focused on finding that woman of your dreams thing. He, I think he said, I think there is one of his bits where he's like, Oh, Google Corey Wayne's the myth of the one. Oh, so he, he does. He does. Yeah, you're right. Does, but it's not enough to really sink in. And as I say, I don't watch those fucking videos. Mm-hmm. If it's not all there in the book, I don't it, it, like what's I'm going to, I'm going to, for anyone who's hasn't watched, uh, for anyone who hasn't fully read the book or watched all the videos, there's, there's only one video there, which is the one on alpha male body posture that's actually worth reading that's actually necessary everything else is just a slight adaptation of what's in the book or some of it's not even related at all 
I would say he does have his seven principles to get X back, which mm-hmm. he doesn't cover in his book. He doesn't cover getting an X back that much in there. So that's probably one thing. But why do you want to get an X back? Anyway? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't look at that. Actually, I might have done, but only out of curiosity as to like what dumb shit. Would, well, we, you, you know. and I did an episode on on seven principles to get an X back. And uh, so I had to look at that episode to get those seven yeah. principles. <laughs> but I, I, it, it doesn't even cross my mind because the thing is, like ego aside, right? I'm not being cocky, but me and you, we ended our last couple of relationships. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like uh, recently I've been dating chicks and I have ended so many. You know, when you when you really have got this shit down, you see all these guys on the page going, hey, this is how you walk away with your head held high. Like they've like fucked up big time. And they're like, this is how you walk away like an alpha male. And it's like, no, dude, if you're an alpha male, she dumped you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) If you're an alpha male, if you've got this shit down, you are the one who's ending it most of the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. You can't you can't you can't win them all. No, occasionally you get caught with like a really, really hard test. Um, Mm -hmm. But like at the moment where I'm at, touch wood that it continues, I'm the one ending stuff. Yeah. Chicks don't go, oh, that sexy fucking celebrity looking like hardcore high status motherfucker. Yeah, I'm just going to walk away from that guy. No. (laughs) (laughs) No ego. No ego. We've worked for this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you, uh, and we've had conversations about this before, but from these other books, what techniques from some of these other books worked better for you than Corey's methods? Oh, 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 techniques work better. I'll start with one while you're thinking of that. Uh, One thing Corey says to do is uh, after a date, don't call or text a girl, wait a week and then reach out again to try to set another definite date. Right. So like basically you end a date, then fucking no contact for a week. And then you set another date. Right. So he's like, you might, it might be a a week and a half before you see her again, stuff like that. Right. And she needs time to wonder about you. I have lost so many chances with second dates that I probably didn't need to because I was testing that theory out. What I ended up finding worked best for me was uh, Dr. Robert Glover's recommendation, which was uh, after a date, you go home, you you let her wait all the next day until like the end of the work day, right? Because you're busy, you, you're at work. And then you send her a message like maybe 5 or 6 p.m. saying, hey, just want to let you know I had a great time last night and that's it. Then you yeah. wait about two to three days to set another definite date. And so that's like, it lets her not wait. It lets her wonder about you for the next day, but not too long. Let's her know that you did have a good time. You don't get specific about it. And then you still give her a little bit of time to wonder about you and think about you. And then you reach out by like the, the second or third day after that. It's like the perfect sweet spot I found. It, it, it that is. worked out so much better for me than Corey's method. Do you know, um, Nathan gave me a, or Nathan DeLeon, our brother, Nathan came up with a, an amazing technique for that. Okay. So, so there's two, actually, there's two techniques and they both actually come from people, not from books. Okay. So after you've had a successful first date mm-hmm. and it's good and she loved it and she's, you know, kissing deeply and you know that it's kind of on for the next date. And it's like the passion, the sparks are there. And it's like, you've tried to go into your car like three times, but you're making out more, you know, you know that it's on, right? Here's what you do. This is the best of both worlds. So your technique sounds good. I approve of that. I think that's good. Yeah. What Nathan said, this is just genius. Nathan said, you turn around to her and go, cool. Send me a message. Oh yeah. You, you tell her to message you. Yeah. 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 Like I got one today, this afternoon from the girl last night, the girl last night said, definitely next time. Cause I was like, you know, sort of escalating in the parking lot. And then, and then I said, great, shoot me a message and we'll set it up. And so she waited, she got anxious and she starts thinking about me and wondering about me. But then she knows instead of just giving up and going, okay, it's fucked. 
she knows like, oh, he said, send me a message. So now what do they do? Every time they've sent me a message. Yeah. Every time that's worked. So Nathan's methods worked every time, like a hundred percent success rate. Yeah. I mean, then you can wait the three days if you want, but it, it never is three days. They will always reach out the next day if you've told them to. Yeah. Even if that means they say, hey, I think we're looking for something different. <laughs> or sure. if they say, you know, I think you're a complete idiot, whatever. Like that technique works because you're not the one chasing them. You're not the one coming at them being needy. You just go, yeah, cool. Send me a message. It, it also is a good test of interest, I would say. Like they, because if, if they're not interested, they're not going to text back. I want yeah. him to chase me. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah one yeah. of those chicks. Uh, <laughs> of <course you> do. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other one was Benny Lichten Walner's line. And I still see idiots getting this wrong. All the whole, oh, no, Corey, you know, the book says don't confirm. The book says, have you? Yeah. Oh, that's been- another thing. I always confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, Dave like, Parada. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that way works. But Benny's one is, I, I like Benny's technique. The, 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 what did you, uh, Pick, Can't uh, wait to see what you pick out to wear for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's genius. I mean, it will get shit tested. Um, but what I do when they shit test is I just completely ignore the test and go, great, see you at seven. <laughs> I'm just like, see you soon. Yeah, that's like, yeah, um, yeah. That, that's how I, I started confirming that way once Benny told me that one too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, that, that works. Because if you, if you don't confirm, like you're not living on this planet. Like you clearly, if you're a guy who believes that that works, you've never been on a date. There's so many guys that uh, will follow Corey's no confirm to the letter because they think somehow it makes you come across as needy and they will get stood up all the time. And then they'll justify it by saying, well, I just have a good time by myself anyway. So I'll go to the venue and I'll just, I'll just have a good time. Like, Dude, are you no, really, you, or are you just coping right now? You know, because I, ever since I started confirming, never got stood up. I had chicks flake on me. I've had chicks canceled, but I never drove an hour to a venue just to wait around for no one to show up. I've, I've never had that happen. Oh yeah. that That's another one that I'm doing now. If I'm doing one where I have to drive like more than 20 minutes I will send a message as well. If, I, if I'm driving like an hour to meet someone in the middle, or if I'm going to their area for whatever reason, I will say on my way. If you think they might flake, I will say on my way, like 15 minutes before I leave the house to see if they go, Oh, actually my sister and my dogs had a, you know, my dogs had a tumor and my sister's coming into town and my grandma's, you know, doing an ice skating contest. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I, I give them the chance to flake if I think they're going to flake. Like, I know I'm the shit. Yeah. And I know that me confirming a fucking date does not make me look needy. It's, it doesn't. No. Oh. It's, it, it's, it really depends on how, how you say it. Like, like, you, like Benny suggests, right? When you tell them, I can't wait to, to see what you picked out for me. Well, shit, if they don't respond to that, they don't reply don't to that. You just don't show up. And then you're the one standing people up, you know, if she does show up magically, but she won't. Like if she's, if she's going to be there at the date, she'll reply to that text. Yeah. If you've got things going on in your life, that, you know, a girl not turning, like the, the, the idea of a girl thinking that you are, you know, whatever, whatever she may or may not think or whether she does or doesn't turn up is not important. All that's important is that your time isn't messed around. And especially if you've got other options with women, you wouldn't even think twice about that. And if you've got other options with women, you wouldn't even think about like, oh, waiting five days after a date. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like, oh, so you've just taken her out. You've shown her your value. You've given her the time of your life. But like, oh, no, if I text her now, I'm done. No, I'm not fucking tall. Yeah. Well, who the fuck thinks that? <laughs> right. People without abundance, that's who. So, yeah. so a question I, I used to always ask guys, uh, and I, I'm sure I asked you on that first episode, uh, which is, uh, what was your last aha moment you got from reading 3% Man? Um, so let me ask you, how long has it been since you, you read 3% Man? Uh, it was about a month when I completed the last one. About a month ago. Okay. Did you get any aha moments out of that last read? Or yeah, was it just? There was, there was, there was quite a few. Oh, was it? Um, 
it was um it was really the the avoiding um avoiding all heavy topics mm. keeping all heavy like staying out of the gray areas so like no heavy topics at all and keeping the whole thing uplifting yeah and playful the whole time and that know, was the, one of the that was one of the things that i had a hard time in the beginning doing because um I've, I've told people this before i was raised in a a politic centric household where you know my my family used to watch fox news like most people watch football you know so i i, I was always into the politics scene which a lot of a lot of dudes are and it's so easy to start getting wrapped up in politics, right? What's going on around the country? What's going on in the news? When that is just a shitty date topic to bring up. Like if you're trying to keep things upbeat, don't talk about all the doom and gloom in the news, man. You know, and, and that was a hard habit for me to break. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like all and, and you know, and kicking it back to her after after a couple of playful exchanges, um, there were a couple of other things, but I can't really remember what they were. Like, I'm, I know I DM'd you at the time, but um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of breakthroughs. The thing about this is like, you know, yeah, we've got our education of reading. There are certain things that until you're actually in that situation and it happens to you, you don't realize what it is. And then your, your mind just glosses over it as words. But yeah. now once you've had the experience where it's like, Oh, that's what he means. Every time he says that, you're taken back to that painful experience where you said something you shouldn't have said or did something you shouldn't have done. You know? Yeah. Well, that's why it's it's so important for guys to not just read these books and then reread them and not do anything about it. Like, oh, I'm I'm not going to go out in the dating scene until I've read it 10 times. Dude, that's not don't do that. Like you need yeah. to be going out and practicing this stuff as you're learning it so that when you do read it again, the stuff sticks better, you know, and you have experience to back that shit up. It, and then, the experience is what really hammers it home. Well, well, that's the thing because, you know, what, what I love about what Rolo said is the bit about like nature versus nurture. Do you remember where he talked about Mozart was, um, you know, he was, he was born into a family, you know, his father was one of the, was a famous violin, um, a famous violin teacher who wrote method books. So his process of trial and error started a lot younger, but mm. it, 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 everybody's process is trial and error. Those natural alphas, they were just born into a better place. They had a head start from you because they had girls around them from a younger age. Maybe, maybe they had like loads of younger sisters who always looked up to them and followed them and you know, were able to tease with them and play with them in ways that someone like me with two older brothers who was at the bottom of the food chain didn't have. So somebody who was you know, the oldest child with like four younger sisters who were always in his frame, always looking up to him. That guy's going to expect things to go well and he is going to get it. Mm -hmm. But his trial and error would have started at the age of three. Whereas somebody else's trial and error might have started at 38. Yeah. yeah but it's true. all trial and error. It's all, we're all error correcting all the time. You know, like you fucking drive over a massive pothole and you go, Oh shit. Next time I see one of those, I'm going to avoid it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Can't change the past. So exactly. Exactly. So with this whole process, like the actual trial and error, because me and you, we've come up with a whole load of concepts of our own, haven't we, over time through oh, just yeah. like, oh, it's like, like me realizing that Uno, every single time I have, I play Uno, it's followed by sex. Well, mm -hmm. dang, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mine was always uh, I would invite chicks over and and we would play Jenga. Yeah, yeah, and that probably always because you know the the high vibration, the fun experience, the 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 excitement, the joy, the you know getting out of your head and into the moment. While fun creates connect connection and fun. Well, what happens when you get create connection and fun? Yeah, well, well, also so what worked really great with Jenga is I have a. a you know, a breakfast bar around my kitchen. And so I would set up Jenga there so that we were sitting next to each other, right? We would pretty much end up having to stand though to play. And 
we're both right next to each other. So that leads to a lot of leaning in, touching, touching arms, touching lower back and stuff like that. And all that kind of, you know, two steps forward, one step back uh, throughout the whole evening, like that just aids in that. And the next um, thing you know, by the time, by the time you're, you're done with like a game or two of Jenga, like your clothes are off. So <laughs> three, three games is the most, I think three games is the most I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Three games of Uno would be a lot. I feel like, but yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think that's the most I ever did before it kind of escalated quite quickly. I, I very soon realized that was the one thing I gained from Steve C is that it has to be fun yeah. because he knows how to have fun and how to make the women have fun experiences. So actually here's one thing that one of the big aha moments, which kind of was tied into a date about a month ago, maybe just, just before it started to all stack and stick properly. I somehow, there was this girl I matched on Tinder and I got affected by her beauty. She was like a smoking hot, like she was pretty much a nine or a 10 in terms of looks. Okay. There are a few things she forgot to mention. One of them that she had Asperger's syndrome. The other one. (laughs) That's a big one. She was a nurse right? And she told me that she had been on the psych ward. I thought as a nurse, not a patient. Yeah, that's bad news. (laughs) Somehow she convinced me to, because she had a kid, she was like, oh, I can't go, I can't go far from my house because my child's at home. Can you come to my area? Somehow she convinced me to come to her area. And then I thought that meant go to the bar together. But she was like, great, I'll meet you at such and such time for a dog walk. So she convinced me to come all the way to her her area, which was an hour away, maybe even more, and go and walk the dog in the woods. And it's the same walk that she does every day at that place and time. Mm. I don't like dog walks. Let me just get that out of the way now. I don't have any intention of doing that. I am interested in traditional dating only, things that I find fun, drinks, dinner, bowling, crazy golf and sex right yeah that's all i'm in i'm not interested in doing anything else maybe a surf trip that would be great i would yeah, definitely like coffee and dog walks sort of sends the friend by about yeah i have no i don't enjoy i mean i could probably i could like no ego i do quite like coffee mm-hmm. as long as there's no time restriction and we can continue but there's always is a time restriction because it's during the day right yeah so that's all bullshit fuck all that shit so from now on, I was like, okay, only do things I find fun. Mm-hmm. And if they won't meet in the middle, then I will say, okay, well, thank you. But uh, I think we're done here. Because mm-hmm. I've been tricked into going to other people's area a couple of times now. They yeah. have to meet me in the middle. The only time that we don't meet in the middle is if it's straight to their house. Yeah. Yeah. Benny was really big on meeting in the middle because that shows their investment level too. And if they're not willing to meet you in the middle, they're not, they're not invested and it's largely a waste of your time or it's going to be a waste of your time. It is. It is. And, and as I say, unless it's straight to her house and it's not like going into her house for five minutes before you go somewhere like to the house, the date is at the house. She's cooking, she's providing drinks and she's going to call you daddy. No, like, do you know what I mean? Unless you're like yeah. 90% certain it's going down. Yeah. Don't do it. And it has to be stuff that you enjoy. I yeah. hate going on dog walks. I couldn't give a shit about that stuff. I am only interested in what I'm interested in. And if a girl doesn't want to do things that I find fun and it's not done in my frame or yeah. a collaborative frame, perhaps, let's say. If she doesn't want what I want, she can fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, so you just talked about the the dog date. Uh, you clearly had a really good date last night. Um, yeah. Now, the dog date doesn't sound that great, but I would be. I think over the last two years, you and I chatting back and forth, uh, we both had some pretty bad dates. Yeah. Uh, what was the worst date you've been on since that first interview? Ooh, oh, oh, the worst one. I've been, oh, been, I mean, oh, that one was pretty bad. It turned out that she's like a hardcore feminist. And when I touched her stomach, she properly freaked out and was like, you didn't ask for consent. 
what the hell is this? You must, do you know what I mean? And she didn't yeah. understand any of my jokes either. When I talked about like burying dead bodies, she believed it because she had Asperger's. That was oh. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. That would be fucking horrendous. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. That is up there in first place. But there was that one. I think I talked about this one before, actually. Did I talk about the one where just before I started, the day that I started reading the book, when Nathan was like, Luke, you need the book. I probably <laughs> talked about this where I was driving to the spot and it was just ramshack crowded back in the beginning. It was a hot summer's day. And I, I drove her to the spot where I normally take girls during the winter when there's no one around. And it yeah. was flooded with just everyone from everywhere was there. And the road, this narrow one horse road was just packed. And she started, she said, oh, don't park there, park there. Whereas if I'd read the book, I would have already passed that test. I, was, I would have been like, no, no, I know what I'm doing. Like, just go with it kind of thing. Yeah. Didn't book a table anywhere. Another mistake. And then in the end, she just dictated the frame of where we went and what we did. And yeah, that date went horrifically wrong. Oh, okay. Um, so my, my worst dates, I actually did two podcasts or I did one podcast episode on two train wrecks. The two train wrecks episodes, like one of the very first episodes, there was uh, a needy chick who on our date, uh, it was, it was a first date only. So drinks, she, she was actually crying on the date. Right. Like, uh, and so that didn't, that didn't end well. And then when I got home, she was just like, I think this could work. Like, just give me another chance and stuff. Like, and I was just like, I ended up having to block her. Right. And then there was a, you know, blackout drunk chick that came to <laughs> actually came to my house. Uh, so the, our first date, she got pretty sloppy drunk on the first date. And then I was like, well, maybe that was just a one-off thing. And she came to my house for dinner. And usually, you know, if they want to come over for dinner, you know, it's on. Well, she ended up getting like sloppy drunk at my house. And I was like, this isn't going to happen, you know, because if she's like that toasted and like we end up doing something like that's how you get rape allegations and stuff. And I'm, I'm not doing that. So she ended up like, I, 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 I had her sleep on the couch and, you know, after that, didn't speak to her again, but, but since then, honestly, uh, it was a date with nurse chick and it wasn't anything bad with nurse chick or the date itself is just what happened. But we ended up going on a date and my car broke down. <laughs> it, it broke down. Uh, so we went to go eat dinner and then we went to go to a second venue. And when we went to get my car, my car wouldn't start up at all. And so I had to call uh, roadside assistance to come and try to jump it and jump starting it wouldn't even work. So it, it was a problem with uh, the alternator. So we ended up having to, you know, have it towed to the local dealership. And this was on like a, like a Saturday night. So dealers aren't open the next day. So I had to like drop my keys off. She ended up letting me borrow her car and and so I borrowed her car like Sunday and Monday and stuff like that while the dealer worked on it, stuff like that. But um, I had to just like play it cool. Like, oh yeah, well, truck's not working. I guess we're walking to the next venue. So we ended up walking to the next venue, had a few drinks, you know, had a good time and stuff like that. In the back of my head, I'm just like, fuck, what am I going to do with my car? But on the, on the outside, I was played it cool. Like it's no big deal. Like, you know, I got it handled. And, and she was just like all over me in the parking lot. While we're waiting for the for the uh, roadside assistance people to show up, because she just thought I was handling handling it so well. Um, yeah. So the like it, the date ended up working well, but the shitty part was that that my car broke down in the middle of the damn date. Uh, that's I like that because I like how you handled it. You, you know, it, and it really is a choice, isn't it? Choosing not to freak out. Yeah. In the moment, you've got like, okay, do I let the tension build up? Do I let the knots in my stomach and go, fuck? Or do I just go, huh, this will be an adventure. Let's do such and such. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, cool. Well, my insurance company, I don't know the number. I'll fucking Google it. Oh, shit. Okay, I've got no service. Okay, my phone's dead. Is your phone? Can I use your phone? Or like, can you Google it? Okay, cool. Like, does that make me look beta? No, it doesn't make me look beta. Like, okay, my phone's dead. Cool, we'll use your phone. Okay, yeah. shit, we're going to have to use this girl over here's phone. Cool, Sally, you got Wi-Fi. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, okay, we're going to fucking handle this. I love that. Yeah, it's it, it comes down to frame. 
and how you handle stuff. And if you like lose your shit in the moment, like how can they trust you to be, you know, a, the leader, the man, the masculine fucking dude in the relationship if you can't even handle simple problems in life? Because everyone has problems like that in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. And all of this stuff can be, a lot of this stuff can be mitigated actually by just booking the first table in the first venue. Yeah. So you have some sense of certainty of where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That takes away a huge amount of the strain. I don't do that at the moment because I just, I don't know. I don't feel I need to. Mm -hmm. I'm saying like, like with girls that I've been seeing for a while and like on like a Monday evening in like a quiet bar. No, but like, that's always a, you know, if you really want to make certain like booking a table in that first venue, it eliminates all doubt. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's just a part of like having a game plan and, 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 you know, being decisive and being someone that she can rely on, you know, like that, all that stuff is, is leadership shit, you know? And that's, that's interesting. Cause I was going to make a video on leadership recently and we're right into it. Now, this is one of the big ones that I've learned is that if you are the leader of your, like a lot of people in our sphere, I find them disappointing because they only do this stuff to get girls. Mm-hmm. If you do this for yourself, so you lead your own life, you are always the leader of your own life. You don't go, oh my God, oh shit, that thing just, oh no. Like you're like, okay, problem. Um, fucking, ah, there's the solution, great. Do you know what I mean? So you're constantly leading yourself, you know, mm-hmm. reserving tables for yourself, like booking parking for yourself, like, you know, constantly leading your own life. Yeah. Being the absolute boss of your own life, being in control of your, not being the passenger in your life, being the one with the remote, being the one who leads yourself. You will instinctively do that around others. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, since learning this stuff, yeah, I don't just use it for dates, you know, setting definite dates with people. I do that when I'm setting podcast interviews. I do that when I'm, you know, scheduling meetings, you know, for my day job and stuff like that. I'll ask people like, when are you free? When are you free? Okay, perfect. Let's do this at this time on this day. You know, I do that kind of shit all the time. So it's definite. Um, when it comes to my kids eating, I, I don't ask them where they want to eat. Just like I don't ask nurse chick where she wants to eat. Um, I just tell the kids, Hey, we're going to this restaurant tonight. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nurse chick now though, knows that I will just pick a place. So if she really does want to eat somewhere, she now knows to suggest a place. So she'll yeah. say, she'll say, uh, let me take you out tonight. Like I was thinking going to this place, she'll tell me and I'll go, you know what, honey, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why the phrase where you say, let's meet blah, 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 and do yeah. da, da, da. And then that's why at the end to say, sounds good. Cause that way you're giving them the wriggle out as well. You're like decisive. Let's meet here this time, this place. Does that sound good or mm-hmm. sound good? That way you're not fully bulldozing them, but at the same time, it's like, oh, a man with a plan. Yeah. Because I'm hearing all the time that so many men don't have plans. They don't. They don't. Know what the fuck doing. They don't. Ever since I started, and I, I follow Dr. Glover's advice where I tell women when and where to meet me. Uh, yeah. But I, I ever since I started doing that, great. Oh, you're free on Tuesday. Great. Meet me at this place at this time. I it, It's almost an immediate yes. You know? Yeah, they're like, wow, yeah. finally. 99.9% of the time, every once in a while, you'll get a shit test where it's like somebody will, some chick will be like, well, damn, you're very demanding, aren't you? And I'll just, I know what I want, you know? And then they'll go, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and then they'll say, okay. <laughs> you know? That's what, that's what I would have said. I had a strict granny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's just like, uh, but, but 99.9% of the time, you just, you just get a yes after that. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't get a debate about shit or, you know, this long drawn out conversation trying to figure out what to do. You already know what to do and they are happy to just come along for the ride. And that goes back to knowing what you enjoy. Yes. Know thyself and thy shall know the Lord. It's like, you know what you enjoy that allows you to give your deepest gift to the world. And so it's like, well, I fucking love bowling. We're going bowling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. 
Uh, we are coming up on an hour here. So let me ask you this one last question. So I used to always ask guys, what does being a 3% man mean to you? So let me ask you, what does being a 3% man mean to you now, two years later? <laughs> it means being your true, authentic, very, very best self. It means doing the work on yourself and really being honest with yourself and, and seeing it means filling your cup raising your vibration and letting those good feelings and good vibrations spill onto everyone else whilst being highly conscious of everyone around you and having fully mastered the principles of how to win friends and influence people as well as the techniques that we learn in game. That's what it means. All right. Yeah. I like that answer. You've, you've mentioned uh, how to win friends and influence people several times now. I know that's like one of your favorite books. I've, I've listened to it twice. How many times have you read that? Uh, three, three times. Um, and I, I intend to get to like 50. Three times. Have you, have you read uh, 48 laws of power yet? No, but it's on my list. I know I have to do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to that now. And I, I, it popped into my head that like how to win friends and influence people is like the Jedi, you know, methodology of getting what you want in life. Whereas 48 laws of power is like the Sith method, right? Like it's dark and deceptive and stuff like that. Whereas how to win friends and influence people is like building people up and making people like you and shit, right? They're both excellent books. Uh, one thing I would say about 48 laws of power though, is uh, you don't have to be that douchebag. Um, one good thing about that book is you could see if people are using those types of things on you, Yeah, you know, but, uh, Oh, go ahead. It's next. It's next along with, uh, never split the difference and atomic habits. Those are next. Oh, okay. I, I haven't read atomic habits. Do you, do you know what the gist of what that's about? Something about forming habits and creating habits and tracking habits. Like it's, it's, it's a very, non-bullshit way to fixing your habits and you're setting up a life where you stay on track and uh you understand you know the how like it takes 24 days or whatever it is to create a habit or something like that okay it's not written by chris canwell the author of atomic attraction though right someone else no i think it's someone else i think it's someone else everybody raves and rants about how good it is but okay you know, i've just finished my third read of how to win friends and influence people today and i'm telling you i'm telling you this is what me and benny that the plan that we devised is when i used to go to those meetups to get girls again that's such a bad thing to do mm -hmm. and you know i would i would be that guy who just snipes in goes straight for the pretty girls Nowadays, what I do is this, is we don't give too much attention to any one particular person, but I raise the vibration so much that it's spilling out the good vibes. And I'm just like, oh, hey, how are you? And I would literally pretty much just go straight for the dudes and just get have the dudes responding. And then, then you're straight out of that scene in Atomic Attraction where you're there in the bar telling the joke and like 12 guys are laughing, mm -hmm. crying with laughter. And then what do you think the girls are going to do? It's a status thing then. You're building status at that point. Yeah. And, and you've got past the gatekeepers. Not that that's what I'm there for because I only go there to fill my cup. Right. My dating is strictly Tinder and what's the other thing? And Facebook games. That's it. That's where I go to get girls. Everything else I do to just fill my cup and spread the good vibes. And <laughs> as a result of that, I am fucking pulling at every single place I go. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's great stuff. Luke, as always, great conversation. Uh, can we ask where people find you online this time or? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still, still figuring that one out because my new uh, dating brand that I'm building right now with two other people um we have a logistical error at the moment, which we need to correct. And that is that like originally there was, um, the group was created with a certain set of principles, which in order to move forward, we're gonna have to change the rules. 
And in order to do that, we need everybody on board before we change the rules. Either that or we'll have to start again on create a different group. Does that make sense? Right, right. Yeah, because I think with the rules, the current rules, uh, I shouldn't even be in that group. Um, yeah, um, that's that's the thing. So we need to we need to see if we're allowed to have value providers in the group, which uh, is and, and technically, if I then shack up with a girl, I would need to leave. But I'm the one who invented the brand. I'm the one who came up with elite conscious dating, right. so I can't be kicked out of that. There's some holes. There's some holes in that uh, philosophy for sure. Yeah. So we need to settle that before, but for now, um, let's just say people can find you here on the come on yeah, man podcast. People, people Cause you're, can you, find, people can find me here. <laughs> Cause Luke, you're always back on. You're always, it's always the Luke and Paul show. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, brother. Have a good night. Cheers. Luke, thank you for coming back for the 100th episode. I couldn't think of a, a better person to join me for this monumental occasion. And I hope to have you back on for episode 200. Um, you're a good friend. You know, we, we still chat quite a bit every day on uh, WhatsApp and stuff like that. We keep in touch. Um, even though like both of us aren't as active on the 3% man group as we used to be, uh, we're still, we're still good friends. We're still in contact with each other. And um, I like that. It's, it's a good dynamic. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've got more episodes to come. I have a bunch in the can already, and I think you'll like them, uh, including I have an upcoming one with Ryan Stone. He's coming on back. So if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys next week on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.